Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, coming to you from my home studio here in beautiful Portland, Oregon, and joining me in his home studio in South Bend, Indiana, is my good friend and compatriot and the man who scripted the line, release the Kraken, and Jason and the Argonauts, <laughs> Ken Hellenius. <laughs> Ken, how are you doing? I am well, Deacon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing doing just fine, my friend. Release the Enjoying Kraken. some beautiful weather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, we are enjoying beautiful weather here in South Bend. I mean, we're, we're into summer. It's not too, too humid yet. We've had some lovely thunderstorms already, though, uh, that have caused the dogs to wake up in the middle of the night and bark as if they were going to do anything about it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good to... Um, it's good to be into summer and it's good to be able to walk around again outside and take the dog for late night walks and have it still be sunlight until, you know, after 9 p.m. I love this time of year. I do. I, I love the fact that it stays light for as long as it does. Yeah. You know, it's just that 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 uh, winter time is just <laughs> it gets dark so early. It's like you like you think, oh, man, you know, uh, you look outside. Oh, it must be five. You look at so like three o'clock. It's like, dang. <laughs> You know, I don't I don't like that. And I like I was just telling my wife, um, uh, my daughter had a friend over who's actually going to spend a few days in Alaska doing some research. She's in graduate school um, and she's going up to Alaska, do research with a professor up there. And, um, <laughs> and we were talking about how I, I don't think I could ever live in Alaska, man. I mean, during the winters where it's dark, almost uh, just almost a, maybe a, a couple hours of sunlight and yeah. just. The other in the summer where it is like you know, midnight is still like bright it's midday outside. It's just, yeah. that's just a wild dynamic. I, I don't see how, I, I don't know if I could sustain that. That seems, it takes a special kind of person to live on the last frontier as they love to call themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Not the final frontier. Not the final. The no, frontier. exactly. Exactly. That's uh, that. That uh, um, we actually a couple weeks ago went and saw Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the nineteen seventy nine movie. That uh, really, um, I'll say this: I don't know if I had ever actually seen that particular movie all the way through. This was the first of the big screen pictures, um, and uh, after I saw the movie, which is pretty cheesy uh, for the most part. Um, I was looking through the IMDb page for the movie and it turns out some of the producers and even the cast referred to it as Star Trek, the slow motion picture because (laughs) it really, really drags at various points. uh, uh, If it wasn't for Star Trek to the wrath of Khan, which I think most people would agree is one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. It's just fantastic with great performances. If it wasn't for that, that that first one was the, the V, one right that was v'ger the, uh, exactly v'ger? yeah yep. okay yeah yep. yeah okay. and uh you know <laughs> sentient uh robots and things like that yeah it was yeah it was super cheesy oh my gosh but uh <laughs> but on the other hand it was it was fun my my bride julie as i was telling her you know that i wanted to go to this movie she's like now is this the one with the original cast or is this a bunch of newfangled people on star trek and i was like no this is the original <laughs> cast we're talking about bones and and spock and and all the originals and yeah it's um 
It's super cheesy. I don't know what else to say, but uh, but we, we had a good time. It was fun. All right. Fantastic. Well, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. Here we are. Uh, this is our kind of our third uh, in this ongoing series, much like the ongoing mission of the Star Trek Enterprise. This is our ongoing mission and our ongoing series on the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. Last time we talked uh, quite a bit about how the Spirit is, uh, how we live and move in the Spirit. The Spirit is God's life, communicates God to us, and we can have no existence apart from the Holy Spirit. We also talked a little bit about where we encounter the Spirit in our lives, and particularly how we uh, experience the Spirit in the life of the church. Um, And so this week, we're going to take a step back from that, and uh, we're going to explore the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit uh, kind of revealing uh, the life of God to us from from the beginning of our faith relationship and the relationship of uh, God with uh, with his people. Yeah. So the question is, how did the Holy Spirit, how the Old Testament Hebrews understood the, 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 the spirit as applied to God? Um, Cause they, although they didn't specifically say Holy spirit uh, in the way that we understand it, but there was definitely the working of the spirit there for sure. Um, the spirit is how God is active in the world, of course, which he created. Um, and especially in the persons in whom God's purpose is fulfilled. So what, what is this action and how's the action of the Holy spirit important? Um, Psalm 51 says, a clean heart create for me, O God, put a steadfast spirit within me. You know, um, so in in this case, of course, Psalm 51 was written by David after his transgression with Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Um, And and after um, meeting with the prophet Nathan, you know, he he repents. Uh, and, And this psalm was written during that time where he's uh, in, in the spirit, a steadfast spirit. So he gave in to the spirit of, of, uh, of carnal desire. Yeah. You know, he saw this incredibly beautiful woman and he just is, is just physical, you know, att- attraction and nature took over that got carnal nature. I have to have her and, and then repented from that. And then wrote this beautiful Psalm 51. In fact, Psalm 51 is what I recite while I'm waiting in line because I have it memorized. So, so it's the psalm I I, uh, I say when I'm waiting in line for the sacrament of reconciliation. Yes, you no, know, it's just a beautiful way to reflect. Um, so, this I put a steadfast spirit within me. So, you don't put something dead in something that's alive, right? I mean, so the, the spirit is alive. You, you go, Lord, fill me with your spirit. You know, have let me let me focus and let me align my life with your spirit to overcome this, you know, spirit of fleshy desire and and wanting and desiring things of the world. So he's asking for a deeper reception of God's spirit into his life. You know, and that's something that uh, that's very beautiful that the Israelites did continually in the Old Testament. And God is active and present, not just in the world, but also within me. It's funny you describe using that psalm, Psalm 51, as uh, you know, as you're in line for reconciliation. I actually use it as my um, as my act of contrition. I was reading about uh, you know sacrament of reconciliation, sacrament of penance, and one of the things that got mentioned in this book is that. 
there are lots of different forms of the act of contrition, and one of them that's perfectly acceptable is to express the words of the psalmist, express the words of David, and say, have mercy on me, God, in your, con- in your kindness, in your compassion, blot out my offense. My offenses, truly I know them, my sin is always before me. You know, this is the, uh, the very words of sacred scripture are the very best words that we can use to express, again, as we mentioned before, the Spirit gives us the words to pray, as well as prompts us to pray them in the first place. And so um, I love that psalm. And of course, it comes up in morning prayer on Fridays. Uh, you know, it's it's regular part of the liturgy of the hours on Friday morning prayer, because it is it is the perfect penitential psalm, the the psalm that fits most perfectly with the day that we remember the death and resurrection of the Lord, particularly the crucifixion. And so I love that psalm. But as you said, a clean heart create, put a steadfast spirit within me. This word spirit is an is asking God to send the Holy Spirit to be within us. There is no more steadfast spirit than the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. God, whose call is irrevocable, is steadfast as can be. And it's not like, as you said, it's not the soul, it's not the spirit of lust and the spirit of fornication. Those are passing spirits. They get they get into your heart. They lead you to sin. They and then they dart because they're like, nope, my work here is finished. They are not steadfast. The Holy Spirit is steadfast. And the Holy Spirit is that which animates us and gives us grace that we might live in God. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, Ken. And, uh, you know, just moving quickly through the scriptures to see the Holy Spirit working, um, you know, in Genesis, we talked about Genesis and you know, we breathed into a nostril the breath of life when he created humanity. But before that, in the first few verses, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was out form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. So right in the first few verses of the entire Bible, in the book of Genesis, we see the Spirit of God there. You know, God, the Holy Spirit, present, active, waiting for the word to be spoken so that through that Spirit, life can come into existence. All things in the universe can come into existence. That's just awesome. That is. Um, in the book of Judges, as you mentioned so beautifully, Ken, uh, last episode, how God uses people, particularly the prophets like Gideon and Jephthah and Samson, you know, so that his will could be done in the world. Uh, we see that particularly the prophets like Micah, right? The book of Micah, where he says, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, with authority and with might, recognizing that it's not my power. It's not my human power, my human will. It is the spirit of the Lord that has empowered me and imbued me with God's authority and God's might so that I could be the mouthpiece for the Lord in this particular time, in this particular place, you know, with these particular set of circumstances. We see Ezekiel who proclaims the name of the Lord. I will, I will give you a new heart. This is the one that's popular. I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you, taking from your body, your stony hearts, and giving you natural hearts, right? I'll put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes, careful to observe my decrees. 
I will put my spirit in you that you may live. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. That's awesome. It's fantastic. So, yeah, that, that the new heart replaces our stony hearts, our hardened hearts, our hearts that want to, again, focus on our, the, the God of me, myself, and I. Right. You know, but God wants to give us a natural heart, you know, living by God's statutes that don't restrain us or restrict us, but free us, free us to love as God loves so we can know that God is the Lord that we know is in, in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's just, it's just awesome. And this uh, prophecy by Ezekiel also calls to light and references that great psalm that we hear so often, Psalm 95, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. I mean, this is, of course, in the liturgy of the hours, this is prayed as the invitatory psalm every every day. You know, it's we we recite this and and uh, and we listen to how, you know, harden not your hearts as the as the Israelites did on that day at Meribah in the desert. You know, when they when they challenged and provoked the Lord, don't harden your heart. And what does Ezekiel say? What does God promise? in the Holy Spirit, that he will give us these fleshy hearts. And I love there's a there's that translation that I will give you hearts of flesh, fleshy hearts that will replace the stony hearts that you have. You know, when we harden our hearts, we make it, we basically, we say, I'm not listening to you at all, God. And God <laughs> says, no, I'm going to give you a new heart that will be soft and squishy so that my word will be in you and so that you will be able to hear me and to do my will that will which leads to freedom and to salvation. And that's where we listen to God, Ken. That's why what you said is so absolutely so beautiful and important. We listen to God with our hearts, not with our ears, right? right? Incline the ear of your heart, St. Benedict says in, in his rule, the prologue of his rule for monks. Incline the ear of your heart, Aram Cordis, because that's where we listen to God in our hearts. And so if our hearts are hardened, we can't hear God. We can't listen to God. We can't respond to God. We can't really live in God. As 1 John 4, 16 says, you know, we live in God and God lives in us. That can't happen if, you know, like any relationship, right? You can't, you can't force somebody to love you. Right, <laughs> you right. know, love that's freely given has to be freely reciprocated or else it's not love. You know, so it's a, 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 but in that relationship, that's where true freedom, uh, that's how we're truly free, you know, in that beautiful relationship. If uh, if you're living at home with your spouse and you're not listening to your spouse ever and you're just sharing a space, you're not sharing a life together and you will not be sharing the same space for very long. I guarantee you that. You know? yeah, you need... That's for sure. That's for <laughs> and sure. in your home, you need to listen with your heart too to your spouse as well. You don't listen with just your ears. Listen with your heart. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then, of course, we have the amazing prophecy from Isaiah. Yes. Who foretells the coming of Jesus Christ. A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. And the word for shoot or sprout in Hebrew is nazaret. So Nazareth. That, what? So, so, yeah. So nazaret shall sprout from the stump. So out of the stump of Jesse, of course, Jesse is the father of David. Right. And uh, one of the uh, titles of Jesus is uh, son of David. You know, and this is particularly referred to in, in, in first Kings chapter two, a shoot shall sprout. So this Nazareth shall sprout from the stump of Jesse and his roots shall bud and blossom and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Right. And here are the gifts of the spirit, which we're going to talk about in detail later. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge and fear of the Lord and his delight 
shall be the fear of the Lord. And again, fear is Yahweh in Hebrew, which means honor, reverence, and respect. So it's not just cowering uh, in fear, being afraid, but it's respecting. That's right. And listening to. Fantastic. That's right. That's right. That's the Old Testament. This is kind of, that's that, as you said, that's a really quick overview of the the work of the Spirit and the references to the Spirit in the Old Testament. I think one of the most important bits there was that Ezekiel, that promise of a new Spirit, because this is actually connected to the new covenant that is promised by the prophets. God is promising to enter into a new covenant with his people. And part of that is that he will give us a new heart, a heart and the gift of the Spirit. And so that sets up then the new covenant. The new covenant, another word for covenant is testament. And so the new covenant, which is enshrined and and sealed in Christ's blood, is what we encounter uh, beginning at the incarnation, the act of the Holy Spirit overshadowing Our Lady, as promised by the Archangel Gabriel at the Annunciation. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. And we see it in in the New Testament with St. Paul, He writes to the Thessalonian community, for our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in the power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit. So in times of great affliction, you know, we can find joy in that Holy Spirit, you know, because joy and happiness are not the same thing. Right. No, everybody no. wants to live a life of happiness, but you first, but I believe you cannot find true happiness until you first have joy. And that's the joy of the Lord. That's the joy in the Holy Spirit. And so unless you have that joy of what we talked about already, can knowing God's will, doing God's will, responding, not with a heart of stone, with a heart of flesh, you know, and, and saying yes to what God wants to do in your life, that will bring you the joy, but may not always bring you happiness. Because we saw, Ken, as you explained so beautifully, with the prophets, they were following God's will, right? Because uh, that was the joy, but but they were not happy because of <laughs> of the reception, the poor reception that they received, right, right, uh, from their fellow Israelites. Yeah, not exactly uh, happy, but the joy of knowing that they were that they were actually fulfilling their vocation, their vocation, responding to the call of God and the prompting of the Spirit in their heart. They didn't want to do it. Uh, you know, externally, but they, but they chose to cooperate with the spirit. And that's why we reverence the prophets. If you were to meet a prophet today in your very own life, you probably wouldn't want to listen to that prophet. I guarantee you that the prophets are here because they need to give us a word. They are sent by the spirit to give us a word. We need to hear a word that rouses our conscience. And those are not easy to hear. But that person is doing his or her vocation and calling us to do our vocation, calling us to fulfill our response to the prompting of the Spirit. Amen. And St. Paul here speaks of the gifts of the Spirit. We heard the gifts of the Spirit uh, just a few minutes ago from the Old Testament. but and, And as you referred to earlier from the Catechism, Ken, that there's different kinds of spiritual gifts that St. Paul talks about here. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. This is, I love this because what God is doing is recognizing 
that every particular person has a special gift, has a special talent. And the Holy Spirit, in a sense, amplifies those gifts and amplifies those talents so that God can be glorified. So Paul says, some have the gift of wisdom, right? So we have some people that are um, university professors. You know, we have some people that can study multiple languages and understand etymology of words and, you know, those kinds of things. Another, the gift of knowledge according to the same spirit. So we have people that are, for example, pastors that go through some the schooling in the seminary, but then uh, kind of like the, the head and the heart in, in living out that pastoral ministry. And to another, a faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing, to another, mighty deeds, to another, prophecy. Again, prophecy is not predicting the future. It's one who's authorized to speak the word of God. Right. Another discernment of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit produces all of these, distributing gifts to each person as he wishes. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. So then, of course, he goes that that famous, there's no Jew or Greek, slave or free person. We're all given a drink of the one spirit. So even though we're it's, it's one God and one spirit, the spirit manifests and distributes those gifts working with the person's nature, working with the gifts that I already have from God to make those gifts really explode, you know, for yeah, God's glory. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think about what I'm doing now. I mean, literally, if someone would have said 10 years ago, you're going to leave your job and spend probably the rest of your life talking about Jesus and traveling around the world, I would have laughed at you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's just, um, I mean, I recognize that God is doing something with me, but I always try to main, remain docile to the Holy Spirit, you know? And so in other words, I, I don't want what I'm doing to become about Deacon Harold. I want Deacon Harold to be a conduit for the Holy Spirit so God can work effectively in the world. But, but it can't be a, ju- about Deacon Harold. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We hear this in uh, in the John the Baptist too. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. John the Baptist had an important role, a role as a prophet, as the last and the mightiest of the prophets, as Christ, as, as his cousin, Jesus said, you know, but at the point at which he fulfilled his mission, he said, he, Christ, must increase and I must decrease. And that's the... Amen. And I think about it all the time. You and I get this opportunity to have these marvelous conversations, to share the joy of being Catholic. And in our conversations, I learn a lot just sitting here having, listening to you and, and kind of, you know, preparing for our conversations and then reflecting upon what I've heard. And this is an opportunity to share the faith with one another and with the wonderful Living Stones community. And honestly, not just in Portland, not just in South Bend, but coast to coast throughout the United States. And and then, of course, our many fans and friends who are listening to us via live via videotape, as they say, uh, you know, through podcasting <laughs> and things like that. These are opportunities to share the joy of being Catholic and to share the joy of the spirit in our lives. And so, you know, you have this great gift of being able to preach. And and not only do you have the, the gift of being able to preach, but you also have the ministry. The church has called you to be a minister of the gospel. And uh, I joke all the time with my with people asking me, what's it like to record with Deacon Harold? I said, my job is to set the table and then to let Deacon Harold 
preach the gospel. And then I realize every now and then I interject a little comment or two and, and it's <laughs> no, fun. Man. You know, no, it's, <laughs> it's delightful because it is a gift yeah. to be in communion and in fellowship with you. Communion and fellowship that we share because we are baptized into the same spirit. As St. Paul says, every gift is actually for the benefit of the church. And that's what it's all about. It's not about Deacon Harold. It's not about Ken. It's about preaching Christ and him crucified. Yeah, amen. And I think for both of us in the work that we're doing, which is important work in the Lord's vineyard, that we can't keep what we're doing if we're just focusing on ourselves. I mean, if I can say, okay, if this was about me, I don't have to pray. I don't have to keep reading or studying. I could just wing it. You know, I could just wait to the, the, the day before and just, just kind of wing it. And no, that's lazy. You know, I, I have to multiply the talents that God has given me in order to multiply what God has given me. I have to I have to stay faithful and humble, right? So, I mean, so I have to pray the rosary every day. I have to pray to divine office every day. I have to, you know, I have books in my travel bag, you know, there's my my you know, stuff that I read when I'm on the plane. I mean, I have to constantly be aware that, that I know that I have a gift. I understand that. But I also understand that the only way I can truly use what God has given me is to, to magnify his love in my own life by making sure I'm doing the things, my rosary every day, the chaplain, those things cannot fall to the wayside. Right. Because by doing that, I'm saying yes to the Holy Spirit. I'm saying yes to what God wants to do until God asks me to do something else. You know? And, um, uh, and I think so. one of those things is, as you said before, the Holy Spirit builds upon the gifts that he's already poured into our hearts. And so, you know, you... And, and all of us have to actually bring what we have to the table as an offering to the Lord and then ask the Lord to put these gifts to his use. And so you have to study, you know, for, for your ministry, you have to study, you have to read, write, you have to pray, you have to be in relationship with Christ and with his church. And that's what we're all called to do, to put our gifts and talents at the service of Christ, at the service of the Holy Spirit, and allow them to magnify, as you say, to amplify the great gifts that they've poured out into our hearts. But Deacon, we need to wrap it up because as always, we have gotten deep into a conversation and then the clock gets us every time. But that's the way it works, you know. That darn clock. <laughs> we invite you to connect <laughs> with us on Facebook. You can find us at Living Stones Media. You can download previous episodes of the show at moderndayradio.com. Deacon, until we gather next week to continue this marvelous conversation about the work of the Spirit in our lives, might we have a blessing? Sure. May Almighty God bless you and keep you and protect you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.